0: Welcome to Talk 30 to me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life. My kid is an asshole. Love. Did I tell you about the curl dummy me twice in a week? And the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. So for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking a lot about how our generation gets a bad rap for a lot of different things. And, you know, we covered... Quite a little bit of ground already, but there's still a little ways to go. Mm-hmm. So this week, we're going to be talking about how millennials are painted as selfish. Uh,
1: you know, I I see it. I understand the selfish, but I think it also goes hand in hand with
0: with commitment issues. Across the board? I would say yes. Okay, so let's just go ahead and get into it fuck millennials and their selfish tendencies so randy how do you think that millennials get kind of the bad rap for being selfish
1: i think it's it's tied into three things their personal
0: romantic and professional relationships and how they navigate that world would you care to elaborate on that a little bit because i mean that's very broad like let's get into it one by one how about their personal relationships how do you feel about that
1: well, personal relationships, I, I, you know, it's become socially acceptable to just break plans if something better comes along. Or like, oh, yeah, you know, we were supposed to just go grab drinks tonight, but you just got tickets to go see Hamilton. Wow.
0: I did. How'd you know? You didn't. And you're fucking lying. <laughs>
1: but, you know, that's just like, oh, yeah, cool. Go do that. We can grab drinks whenever. It's, it's like low tier priority. Because if
0: something else better comes along, it's expected that you're going to go after that. Is it? Because really right now I feel like it's not so much an expectation. It's kind of embedded in the nature of how we build our relationships. Like people are just going to flake. And that's because it just happens so goddamn often.
1: Yeah. Right? It's like we make plans on plans for contingency. Like I don't want to be caught doing nothing. Well, not me personally because I love being at home. But – People mm-hmm. like to have something that they can fall back on so they're not just missing out on being out and about.
0: And I guess they don't also, in the same light, get as disappointed as they would have maybe, you know, way back, primarily because now they expect it. Maybe it is an expectation, then. Maybe it is embedded, truly embedded in the way that we build relationships because of the fact that everyone that we're dealing with does it. So it's like, okay, just in case, like you said, contingency plan, I can just stay home and Netflix and chill, if that's still a thing. (laughs) Yes, I think it is.
1: I had a friend leave a comment on the article that, that Kristen wrote for us, talking about how you should be dating more than one person to find the one. How you should date more than one to find the one, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was a brilliant article. It was. It really was a great article. And my friend, she mentioned that that's a practice that should be happening for women, especially at a younger age because far too many uh, women or women, she, her phrasing was women are more commitment prone and more apt to get into a relationship with someone that they're not necessarily a hundred percent into. And, you know, for varying reasons. And yeah. I would assume a lot of it in the youth has to do with the insecurity or just not wanting to be alone.
0: Yeah. Not wanting to be alone or wanting to be like everyone else. Possibly.
1: Conforming. Keep Jones' Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's very poignant and that's, kind of what we're trying to drive home right that whole selfish nature it's like you know who are you in the end looking out for yourself Mm -hmm. or someone else and in looking at it from that perspective you really are only looking out for yourself yeah because you have your own interests at heart even though at that point in time you're in a relationship for someone else you're kind of like cloak and dagger in it for yourself just because you you need to fulfill some base level fucking uh you know lonely anti-loneliness you know vibe that you got going on and that's you know we've covered this before in depth and it's not fair it's it's very very selfish and we really do perpetuate that mentality and maybe that's why we have such a high turnover of not only romantic relationships but professional and personal relationships
1: Yeah, and professional, uh, you know, that's also, not also, but that is a two-way street. In recent years, employers have not taken care of their employees like they have in previous generations. So in that shift of a societal construct, we're seeing our generation respond by not having any loyalty to a company and moving to who's going to give them what they want or what they need.
0: Yeah. Which is selfish. Oh, incredibly.
1: But at the same time, if the company's not looking out for you, why would you look out for the company?
0: Yeah, and I was just alluding to that in previous weeks' episodes, where you know we were talking about you know where I'm at and and how comfortable I am, and I I blatantly said it. The only reason I'm happy with what I'm doing is because the company is giving back to me, just as much as I'm giving back to it. So it's it's it is very much a two way street. But I feel like if it stops giving to me, that's it. I'm done. Like and that's very selfish. It's like some people will just stick it out, tough it out, and there are still some people today that'll do it. I have a friend that I will keep
1: nameless to preserve his, his uh, job. Yeah, to preserve his job. <laughs> <The> employment. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he has had incredible turnover at his uh, company. And he knows that it's going to get worse before it gets better. But he's so invested in the company because uh, he's he's second generation there working for that company. He's invested uh. in staying with
0: it and, and helping it grow and getting back to his former glory. Well, I think that's a little bit different. Yeah. Because he is invested in it family wise lineage wise. Yeah. That's understandable. But for our generation to be enduring that kind of undertaking is it's kind of few and far between. A lot of people, like you said, they they're not loyal. They don't give a fuck. And if anything, they fall back on their own skill set and expertise to get them through while they can find another job or they end up doing that full time. You know, to me, that kind of it goes without saying that the entrepreneur mentality is selfish in and of itself how so because you're you're only out for yourself you're only looking out for yourself the best interest that you have and no one else's
1: wouldn't you say that's more capitalism than entrepreneur because usually most entrepreneurs are driven by a problem being problem solvers for whatever it could be in their own life perhaps but usually it's for a greater good. I don't right?
0: know. Shark Tank tells me that all these entrepreneurs are getting there primarily because it's a problem that happened in their lives that they are assuming others have, and nine times out of ten they might be right. But you know, there's that one, a ten percent chance that it's just a selfish endeavor, and sometimes it starts off selfish and it might become selfless. I, I don't I know. I guess I don't. I don't. You don't have to agree with me. I, I, I don't. But. But it sounded like you wanted to. I always wanted to we bring you over to the dark side, right
1: That's just the difference between a small business owner, the capitalistic society, and then the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur sets up the small business owner. Yeah. I, a lot of times, yeah. right? And and that's not to like to downplay entrepreneurs because they they can create you know large, impactful, disruptive companies, but sometimes it's just smaller scale and it, be, it stays a small company. It's not nothing wrong with that. It's effective. But a lot of times for people that are serial entrepreneurs is because there is an issue that they see or a disconnect and they want to be either disrupt an industry to make it better or to provide a service or a product that's going to bridge the gap, right? So I feel like those motivations are just in being
0: societal oriented or for the greater good. So speaking about being oriented towards society and doing things for the greater good, I have a big problem with the way things have been kind of panning out recently with a lot of activism. Okay, I guess this dates back to the financial recession and the Occupy Wall Street movement and all that jazz. I just didn't agree with the whole thing behind it. I mean, it it made sense. The movement made sense. But it seemed like people were only there and people only started caring Primarily because it brought them attention, because it brought their cause attention. Other than that, they didn't give a fuck. Like, they could have been protesting the free ponies from the fucking, from the ranch. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? I, I
0: Just because, it, just, as long as they were publicized, as long as someone was looking at them and giving them that attention, I felt like, literally, could have been any fucking cause.
1: So essentially the movement was more or the attraction to the movement was more for the photo op essentially.
0: Yeah, it was very uh, yeah. it was very selfish, very very centered around the individual and not the collective effort.
1: I I get that. And I think that is where that movement kind of fell short because it's not as prominent as it was what 2 years ago?
0: 2012. 2 years ago, that was 5 years ago. Huh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did the Turg WoW and then I was like, oh shit. This, this, is wow this is my moment. This is my moment. Wow. 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 But Occupy Wall Street was just one that I mentioned. Right. Of and many. There's
1: even I mean, especially with forty five coming in the office and how much people are protesting, it's starting to taper off. Even though there's still a good amount of people that are protesting, that still needs to become actionable. Yeah. As far as getting involved and, you know, getting things repealed or you know not to say berating but essentially you got to berate your representative to make sure that they know how you feel and how the general populace feels that they are supposed to be representative of your voice and i don't know Well, I do know that i think we're doing a lot better job of that as of recently but when it comes to large-scale events i think people definitely show up for the photo op rather than just for the movement itself
0: yeah it's like am i going to be on tv is my sign going to be on tv did I make the funniest hat, like the pussy hats?
1: Well, no. <laughs> I, I I see I where you're going know. with it. I, I think want... I think people are going there because of also pressure, and they don't want to be the person that's going against the
0: grain. Okay, so it's more of a conformist attitude?
1: I think so, part, mm-hmm. part of it, and a lot of people are doing it because, oh, you know, with the women's march, I'm a woman or I'm a woman of color. I should be present for this. And if I'm not, what's that going to say to my peers?
0: that's also very selfish still that's being that's worrying about what people think rather than you know addressing the issue at the root
1: and we're not talking about like targeting women or I just happen to use exos for the most recent march to to memory just so want to make sure we're not trying to target anyone's movement as a, a fallacy or something that we have an issue with but more so
0: movements in general movements in general and and that's I I think we could say that for any movement over the past 15 years. Really? You think that far back? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we had even the uh Iraq War movements, right? I wasn't even familiar that there was. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. sure there I'm sure there protests were protests all over the world. Yeah. You remember that George W. Bush uh if they hit us with biochemical weapons or something like that, we can we have trash bags and duct tape. No. No, Look I don't want that was I'll, funny. I'll look it up. What was that? He said that in a speech. Yeah, yeah, in a speech. We have trash bags and duct tape. That, you know, we there are a lot of movements that have happened in the past, and I really feel like it's just been for one singular purpose, and that's just to gain that exposure that we wouldn't normally get in our normal everyday lives because we're nothing really fucking special right home about. And it's the fact that we don't really. And for me, it boils down a little bit more along the lines of we really don't care around about the world around us it's a facade
1: until it affects us until
0: not even affects us it doesn't even have to affect us i can live in fucking sherman oaks and there's some shit going down you know on the on the on the east side east la and someone gets shot or something like that and i want to i want to go show my fucking you know go show my quote-unquote support but really all i want to do is just be a part of something bigger than myself, be a part of something that, you know, might get me a little bit of uh, FaceTime, you know, I can get interviewed by a reporter. Not to say that everybody that goes out there has that kind of ulterior motive, Mm -hmm. that desire. But I feel like a lot of people that go out there might not necessarily believe in what's going on or have an idea of the depth of what's going on or what it means to a certain demographic of people or I don't know. It just seems all fake. It's rooted in fallacy, and it just bothers me that people go out there and, like, you know, you see 200 protesters in the middle of the street turning cars and buses on fire and all this shit. And How is that contributing to a positive image to society? You're just trying to get on fucking TV right now. That's literally what they're trying to do. Yeah, but there's going to be extremists
1: at all organized events. Yeah, that, that's, and I, that's I use an problem. extreme example
0: right to get my point across, and right. I admit that, but it doesn't mean that it's off base.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: But I think something
1: more relevant would be people participating because they don't wanna feel like they're being left out or they're missing something to be a part of, so to speak.
0: So they wanna be included. Yes. I I mean, that, I guess that could be, you could perceive it that way, but at the same time, if, if that is true, one, that is fucked up. I mean, uh, you know, just to feel like you're a part of something. And yeah, I think al- I alluded to this where when I said that uh, you want to feel like you're a part of something bigger, right? Yeah. And that's all across.
1: Yeah, and they want, they want the photo op, but they don't necessarily want to get their hands dirty with the movement at hand.
0: Right. So what's the aftermath? The aftermath is, okay, I take off my fucking protesting shirt. I put my poster board away forget about it, kick my feet up and watch TV and just endure. That's what they're doing. Yeah. And if that's not fucking just worrying about yourself and your own personal agenda, then what is? Right now, it really feels that people are gravitating toward the popular causes, the Hollywood activism, as I like to call it. That's an accurate statement. And that's kind of disturbing. It's really, really disturbing to, to think that These are the people that are trying to usher in change, but they really have no idea of the scope or the breadth of change that is needed to actually endure. I mean, look at Trump, for example. He's just going in trying to dismantle Obamacare or the Affordable Health Care Act, and he has no fucking clue the breadth of his fucking work. It took Obama eight, almost eight years, what was it, six years? six years six years to fucking get that shit through and he thinks he could dismantle it in like a hundred days are you fucking kidding me if trump wasn't as old as fucking dirt i would say that that motherfucker is like the quintessential millennial
1: i was just gonna say the same thing right he has a lot
0: of the negative millennial tendencies a lot of the negative millennial tendencies and, and that's funny because I think he's even pandering to millennials, but at the same time putting millennials off completely. Do you think he's pandering? Might be pandering. I don't know. I think a part of me feels like this is all a fucking act. I don't, I don't know. I It's
1: it's bad because for me, I think he could be playing an act, but I think he is just living his truth and can be so, so far gone for what his actions really mean. I don't think he really understands the depths of his actions.
0: Yeah, the the impact that he really has. No. Mm-hmm. He's way too far removed. He's always been insulated, and that's his fucking problem. He's been insulated since he was a, a multimillionaire, you know? <laughs> since he was a multimillionaire. Yeah, was he born a multimillionaire?
1: I think he inherited a, a small $3 million loan or got a $3 million loan. Was it $3 million? Yeah, okay. I think, Something so, along those lines.
0: I think it all started. I guess you can say from birth, right? Because he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. He's always been insulated, and he will remain insulated, even more so now that he's a president. Mm. And that's the kind of sad part. The other side of this whole argument is is that I think a lot of these people are fueled by an ulterior agenda even. Who are we talking about now? Back uh, to the younger millennials. Yeah, you- younger millennials, even you know, people in general, but I think we really perpetuate this in doing what we're doing without actually becoming informed about what we are doing and the scope and the breadth and the impact of what it what it really holds. And we really propagate our self-interests and try to cover that. It's like a wolf in sheep's clothing, and try to cover that with this selfless initiative the selfless investment i'm giving up my time for the global good for the greater good mm. that's bullshit you're not you're trying to get something out of it it's about me at that point yeah it really isn't about the global good or the global betterment of anything which so i it was it would be done in silence right? it, it would be or or it would be yeah it would, you're absolutely right it would be done in silence and it would be done in a more powerful silence, if that makes any any sense. Well, okay. You'd actually like act on it, right? Yes, yes. There'd be a lot
1: more action than promotion of it. But at a certain point, if you're doing things that you really care about and you want other people to partake in, you have to
0: share it and you have to let it known, let it be known to some extent. So how do we make that happen? I uh, That's the thing. I mean, we always talk about you know, our major gripes. How do we how do we change that? How do we make that aspect of what you just said come true? I mean, that's it's a fine line to walk, right? Because if we look at someone's Instagram
1: profile, you have people that are just, you know, showing up where it's a great photo opportunity to take a picture and say that they're a part of this. Or you might have a picture of someone with some ratty gloves and they might say, hey, you know, I these are the gloves I was wearing when I planted 100 trees today for whatever organization. If you want to get involved, this is how. Right, You know, it's two different approaches. One is less opportunist, in my opinion, I think. And
0: one kind of shows where people can also get involved if they're interested in what that was about. Right. And I I like that. I like that idea. But at the same time, I think that people can go take it a step further and say, hey, you know what? What have we failed on gaining traction in the past? There are so many unresolved issues out there. That have just lost steam and people lost interest in primarily because, A, they weren't getting the traction that they needed by doing what they were doing. So they just said, oh, fuck it, you know, instead of trying a different approach, we're just going to go home now. Or B, they just forgot about because they weren't those popular Hollywood activism causes anymore, Mm -hmm. right? So I feel like people can go out there and really recharge a lot of these old issues that are still there. And say, you know what, I'm going to take this upon myself to really activate and engage my community and try and gain some traction on these. And I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with your stance. I think that's great. But formulating new causes in the midst of, you know, a graveyard of a multitude of other causes that we just failed to fucking, you know, resolve. I think that's, it might not be doing our, our... Society justice might not be doing our our generation, for that matter, any justice. Well, I mean, looking back
1: at what I said, as far as those Instagram pictures, you know, I don't think it's it doesn't hold any water for for getting involved or making any type of impact, right? Nothing like action. Well, it might. Okay. Well, maybe it might. But it might. This, this
0: is what if you have a big following and and enough traction. Yeah, that, okay. and that's that's like kind of the, uh, contingency. the caveat, right? Yeah. Exactly.
1: But if we're if we're saying that you know you should go and do you know, whatever, many other causes, that just dilutes how much people are invested in in the more prominent issues, like with getting the Affordable Care Act repealed and replaced by the American Health Care Act, right? If people right. are just like, oh, well, I'm working on this over here right now, I'm not gonna call my 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 congressman or I'm not gonna call my representative, I'm not gonna you know, worry about that because I'm, I'm worried about the uh, stuff going on with education or whatever the case is. I think by diluting a movement is counterproductive. So if we were to, to be just more actionable items, I think there just needs to be more representation in, in that regard. And if we're to, if this all comes back to selfishness and self-interest, right? Because that's, that's really what our society is driven on. I really don't believe that's an isolated issue with the millennial generation. That is an issue with every generation and every individual because it's human nature to be selfish.
0: Well, I don't disagree. I think we exacerbate it. I think we put a lot more focus on the selfish endeavors rather than really being a selfless people. And and I speak, of, I speak to that as a generation. I think we fail at really identifying with the greater good because we don't know what the greater good is. And we don't know what the greater good can do for us because we're so, I guess, caught up in our own world as narcissists or whatever, the selfish assholes that we are, that we don't really see the global impact, we just see the impact as it presents itself to us in this point in time and in our lives. So we layer it, but we don't layer it beyond where we're currently at on the timeline of life. Really, we're just stuck here and we're just so focused on our own shit. And I don't think that's really fair to the rest of the world. And, and we really propagate it. We perpetuate that mentality. We not only propagate, but we perpetuate it. And yeah, sure, we took it from previous generations, but we fucking made it better. Which is what we're really good at, right? We take a shitty thing and we make it better. So
1: we made selfishness
0: better. We made selfishness better, and in terms, of, and what I mean by better is worse, all right? <laughs> what I mean by better is worse. Yeah. So we made it worse. We made it an issue by making it better. We made we made it worse by focusing on it, by making it a a, a pillar of our our generation we brought more attention to the fact that yeah we are actually creating more bad than good by by mobilizing and by doing these things and by being in the public eye
1: so essentially like if if you know going back to like these these movements that we were talking about right the activist movements selfishness has played a role in bringing them to the forefront but not making them the forefront so they're they're talking points
0: but they're not the point of conversation right and they never will be because that's not the focus, right? Mm-hmm. The focus is to get ourselves out there and to make it known that we care, but only to the extent that it affects us or affects our, you know. Mm. So we're just hitting immersion. keywords to get the the ears. Which is what our generation is all about. It's buzzwords, right? The clickbait, yeah. the buzzworthy shit. It's the regimen of social media that we consume on a daily basis that really keeps this machine going and I think that's one of the one of the root causes to that and it, you know as long as we are the way we are and as long as we keep doing the, the things that we're doing we're not really going to gain any substantial traction on on a lot of these issues that we have but you know what maybe that's just something we got to live with and that might sound like a cop-out but what can as two dudes sitting here around the table with a couple of microphones and a couple of cups of coffee in front of them. Really? What the fuck are we going to do? What can we do? I don't,
1: I don't have as stark an outlook. I think what we need is time. We need more growing experiences. And because we get so many and so much coming at us at once, not everything's going to stick right away, right? Because our attention spans are, they're known to be a lot shorter, no matter what your generation is these days. Yeah, because we got a lot of shit. Right. But when it does stick, I think that's when we're going to see major shifts in the social constructs of, of our society. And the self, selfishness, I, yes, it's always going to be there. But self-interest and then caring about the greater good, I think there hasn't been a more unifying example of this since 45. That's been the most unifying experience, I think, of our generation. You've said this before. We are a late blooming generation, and I think selfishness, to an extent, is a youthful trait, right? Because as you you grow,n you mature, and even as becoming a parent, your idea of selfishness not to say it dissipates, but it it's not a driving factor anymore. Right. And I think that's something that happens with us because as our generation continues to move forward, and if we have life-changing experiences like having kids, it's gonna change our perspective and then how we wanna leave the world for them to inherit. Because we inherited a pretty big mess, Yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that influences people. And once they get to a point where they can start realizing, okay, the things that I'm doing now are gonna affect the way the future generation or or something that might actually hit home when you have kids and thinking about the world that they're going to have to live in and navigate people are going to care a lot more you know cause it, your wife said it best you know when we were younger i didn't or she said i didn't care about politics i didn't care about government mm-hmm. i didn't care about all the things that that were happening you know uh in the senate or in, in the house or whatever the case is yeah, or yeah. those that were passing yeah. and now she is an active contributor. She's very aware and, and very up to date of it. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that you guys now have kids and they're going to be the ones living in the world that we create with the laws that we pass. And
0: and that's a really crazy foresight to have. And that's a big burden to bear. Is it though? I don't know if that big of a burden. It It is because you have to be really dialed in and that's exhausting too. And Maybe that's another reason why. I mean, going back to the previous episode where we discussed laziness and and the millennial generation, this might actually be a a reason why we don't follow through on a lot of these things, primarily because we are lazy. But going back to your point, I think you put it beautifully. We really are a late-blooming generation, and I've seen a lot of statistics thrown out there. I think uh, a majority of our generation is just postponing marriage in general. Until after their thirties, yeah. The average, the median age for for marriage is thirty, I believe. I think so, yeah, and that's that's killer uh, in in a in a very bad way because I think back in the nineteen seventies and eighties, it was like in the early twenties,
1: right. And that and that changes your developmental experiences, and I think that's foundational for the future of our nation, especially right, and the experience of the social of our of our just the national society. You know, not because I know there's experiences are different everywhere from city to city, state to state. Oh, yeah. But as an American experience, we are late to the party. And we're not going to have significant contributions on a national level. I mean, we're doing some amazing things with disruption, but I don't think it's going to get into a policy. It's, it, I don't think it's going to start affecting policy for another five to 10 years
0: until people actually start realizing the impact of that policy on their own lives or their children's lives. Like you said, I think that, yeah, if you don't have any skin in the game, it's just that it's a game. Yeah. And you can lose it all because it feels like you're playing with house money. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it sounds very fucking cut and dry, but in the end, that is really how it is. So if you have anything to share, if you have an opinion on this, if we just straight up pissed you off and made you feel like everything that you believed is just bullshit, according to us, maybe that was our intention. And if you have anything to say, Randy, where can the people reach it?
1: You? you can find me at I am Randy
0: Z on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find me at Turg Says No. Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoy it and continue to share it with friends. Make sure you stop by our website at talk30tome.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on iTunes. And if you really like what you hear, make sure you hit that donate button. It's really appreciate it. For Talk 30 to Me, I'm Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. Peace. And as we like to say, fuck fuck millennials. millennials.